0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and this is episode 102 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today, we continue our divisional breakdown series for 2019 fantasy football, diving into the NFC West and the AFC West. Quick announcement before we get into today. We have officially opened submissions for our 2019 TCK Pod Listener League and are accepting listeners into our 12 team full PPR league. If you're interested, just send us an email to tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod and drop the hashtag tckpodll. That's tckpodll with one thing you appreciate about the podcast and one thing I can work on moving forward. That will enter you into a chance to be included into our 2019 TCK Pod Listener League, and chosen participants will be announced over the next few weeks leading into draft season. The draft won't be until late August, so we have plenty of time. But enough business, let's talk some football. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Let's start with the NFC West here. We have the L.A. Rams. Wow, I almost said St. Louis Rams. It's been like years. The L.A. Rams, Seattle Seahawks, San Francisco 49ers, and Arizona Cardinals. Let's start with the Rams, one of the most high-powered offenses in the league on all levels, quarterback, running back, receivers, defense, kicker, Um, Can't really go wrong with the Rams. However, we do, of course, have a hiccup, which I'll get to in one second. Jared Goff, we'll start with him. He's going as the 12th quarterback off the board. He's going as the 11th pick in the ninth round. I think he's a steal in the ninth round and and could potentially outplay his QB 12 ADP if all three receivers stay healthy. Now, of course, we're a little bit worried about Cooper Cup. We'll get to him in one second. And I think a lot of Goff's, ability and pressure taken off of him is going to come if Todd Gurley in the run game can stay healthy. So we saw last year how potent they could actually be this year. I think they're going to take a significant step back. I actually think that golf is going to take a step back. I don't think Gurley is going to be as healthy as everyone wants to be optimistic about it. Um, and I love Cooper cup, but I'm worried about him this year as well. So Jared Goff, I, I like him if you're waiting on quarterbacks and you're starting to take a quarterback in the 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th round and Goff is laying around, great upside in that Sean McVay offense. I dig it. Todd Gurley, talked about Todd Gurley at nauseum. The whole community is, is on pins and needles. So am I. We don't really know. He has arthritis in his knees. That's all we know. It doesn't hurt him per se, but it doesn't get better. So the issue is we're worried about we're worried about Todd Gurley overall and his longevity. Um, in Dynasty Leagues, trade him if you can. If someone's not paying attention somehow in the offseason and you can jump ship now, do it. In Redraft Leagues, fade him. He's going as the fifth pick in the second round, which, if he's Todd Gurley, is obviously a steal. He was the number one running back in fantasy football last year on a per-game basis by far, but he is hurt. Um, he's been uh you know wishy-washy in his information to the media lately, which makes me feel... Uh, makes me think he's not doing as well as he had planned. So I'm not saying, you know, fade him completely. I've seen him drop into like the third round sometimes in drafts. If Todd Gurley's in your third round, draft him. It's worth the risk. You can get somebody else later on and you can uh, figure out a handcuff or uh, draft accordingly. But Todd Gurley is a stud when he's on the field and healthy. Grab him. Darrell Henderson, of course, the rookie from Memphis coming in. He has blown up draft boards since his Gurley news. I'm concerned about that. The player is awesome. Darrell Henderson's awesome. And if Todd Gurley is out and Darrell Henderson gets the full workload, he'll be a beast. But to draft him as potentially a handcuff in the sixth round is ridiculous. Um, I'm not drafting him until the 10th round unless Gurley is straight up like not playing this year somehow between now and when the season starts. Let's also not forget about Malcolm Brown, Who was actually really productive when Gurley, uh, in Gurley's absence last year until Malcolm Brown broke his collarbone? So I I want that Rams running back. I just don't know which one it's going to be yet. Of course, Todd Gurley's Todd Gurley. Draft him if you can, but don't spend too much for him right now. The receivers, all three, four studs, uh, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and the TCK pod, darling, Josh Reynolds. All four of these guys I think are worth a look. Um, Cook and Woods going almost back-to-back in the fourth round. Uh, I think Cooks has more upside for big playability. Woods has a better floor. Can't go wrong with either one of those guys. I like them both a lot. Cup going in the fifth round right now, that worries me a little bit. Again, I love Cooper Cup. He's actually my favorite Rams receiver, um, and he would be the guy that if I could choose which one I want to take and they were all healthy, I would actually pick Cooper Cup over the other two guys. He was on pace to double Cooper. The touchdowns of Cooks and Woods last year. But of course, he got hurt midseason towards ACL. And now he's trying to recover. They say they hope to have him ready by week one, but that is not good. When somebody, you know, when a team says that a player is supposed to be ready by week one, that means that A, they're not necessarily going to be ready. They're hoping that they're going to be ready. They're not necessarily going to be ready, but they're hoping and they're keeping optimistic. That gives me a little bit of pause just because a torn ACL, of course, is something we worry about. And what we see more often than not, even if he's healthy enough to run in a straight line during practices, when he starts getting on the field, that's when guys start tearing hamstrings, they start re injuring the knee, and then he might go out again. So this year, unfortunately, I think I'm going to actually fade Cooper Cup. I had him in my top 24 when I did my wide receiver rankings, but it's going longer and longer, and they're still not. 100%. 100% he'll be ready. He might miss the first couple of weeks. He could go on the pup list. He could play right away and get hurt right away. I'm a little bit concerned about Cooper Cup, so I'm kind of I'm fading him at his current ADP of the fifth round, personally. Therefore, keep an eye on Josh Reynolds. He's our dog. We made kind of a joke about him last year, and then when he came in, he was a beast. So we're going to ride the wave as kind of the first people to be <laughs> repping the Josh Reynolds train. But um, if Cooper Cup is out or he's hurt, then Josh Reynolds could certainly be that number three option there for the Rams. Tight ends, Everett and Hig- Higby. Uh, nothing super special, but um, Gerald Everett, I think, more so than, uh, than Higby would be the guy potentially, but um, not really, a, not really a draftable piece there for the Rams. Let's get into the Seahawks, Seattle Seahawks, um, led by Russell Wilson, of course, going in the 10th round, love him. I'd rather have Russell Wilson personally over Goff, uh, just the rushing ability. And I just think Russell Wilson is a a much better quarterback personally than, uh, Jared Goff. So I would take Russell Wilson, um, down in that late QB tier. Uh, then we have Chris Carson, um, who, should start the season as the number one running back and was an absolute animal last year when he got the workload. He's going in the fifth round though, and we all know that Rashad Penny, second round pick, they wanted to play him last year. He kind of came in overweight. He was unhealthy. He wasn't really taking it seriously, so he kind of, he kind of hurt his stock, you know, early in the year last year. But down the stretch, Car- uh, Carson started getting banged up, which he usually does. And Penny came in and showed some real flashes of explosiveness, agility, burst, and big play. So I actually like I like Carson a lot, but I like Penny a lot too. And you can get Penny two rounds later. I think this is a rare case where you could draft both running backs in the middle of your draft and feel good about it. Because as long as Carson's healthy, he should get 20-plus carries, and and Penny will probably get those uh, receiving Uh, the receiving work as well and get get them both on the field but if Carson goes down Penny becomes a number one I think he could be a stud in a run first offense um, and the Seahawks will run the shit out of the ball this year so either way grab one of these running backs I think he'd be fine but if I had to pick one I'd probably actually save a little bit of draft capital and go with Penny two rounds later in the seventh Tyler Lockett going in the fifth I'm fading Tyler Lockett I don't hate him uh, this is just an opportunity of regression has to come for Tyler Lockett. He was literally the most efficient receiver last year in the NFL. While he was targeted, Russell Wilson had a 158.3 QBR, which is literally perfect. Um, I'm worried about that. He's not. I don't think he's going to get double digit touchdowns this year uh, with DK Metcalf now coming in um, and David Moore and Greg Jennings. Uh, actually, Greg Jennings, Gary Jennings, uh, also being drafted. Um, I think the wide receiver core is maybe the most strong it's been, even with Doug Baldwin, no longer in the picture there in Seattle. I think all four of these guys, Lockett, Metcalf, Moore, and Jennings are really solid options. So I like Wilson a lot. I just think that honestly, Lockett will get big plays. He's uber efficient. He's a great route runner. He's a small dude, but he makes shit happen. Kind of a Tyreek Hill light. Um, but in the red zone, I think it's going to be DK Metcalf, DK Metcalf, um, and uh, David Moore, uh, as well as potentially one of these tight ends, uh, Nick Vanette or Will Disley. So I'm fading Lockett personally. I'm not going to be drafting him in the fifth round. If he falls like the sixth, seventh, I'll definitely take an eye at him. Uh, but DK Metcalf in the ninth, I think, is also a little bit high for him just because we don't know what to what to think. But he is a machine. He, you know, he was compared to uh, Calvin Johnson and Julio Jones coming out of the draft. Of course, I think that's probably a little bit extreme but you know you never know. I mean all those like those guys started as the hot shot rookie and they happened to pan out. So DK Metcalf definitely could and he has one of the best throwing quarterbacks in the NFL, I think, and Russell Wilson who can make a play out of anything. I like that a lot, but I'm worried about the upside for the receivers for the uh Seahawks strictly because of their offensive scheme. So, um I you know, if I had to pick a receiver for the Seahawks, it would probably be Either Metcalf late or David Moore late, um, just because I, I want that throw in the dark upside to see if those guys pan out in the second half of the season. And I mentioned uh, Nick Vinet and Will Disley. Uh, Will Disley got hurt last year. Nick Van Et, uh has been okay. Um, not crazy about him, but uh, the tight ends for Della Bevel have done very well uh, recently. So keep an eye on um, the uh, Falcons or the Falcons, the Seahawks uh, in general there in the um, in the pass game. So move on to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Jimmy G going as the 18th quarterback, going in the 12th round at that price. I'm all about it. But uh, last year he was going as like almost a QB one. And earlier this off season, he was going as a QB one. He'll probably raise his stock as he remains healthy uh, as the uh, training camp uh, fast approaches. But I've, I'm not shy to mention on this podcast that, I think Nick Mullins is as good of a quarterback as Jimmy uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And if you take their numbers and extrapolate them over 16 games, both of them last year, they were pretty much the same, and Nick Mullins actually was a little bit more efficient and had some better numbers. So I'm not saying Nick Mullins should start over Jimmy G per se. I'm just saying that as a 49er fan, I watch them a little bit closer than every other team. Jimmy Garoppolo, to me, is not fucking incredible. We paid him a shit ton of money because he was Tom Brady's backup. He started 10 games, and he's 28 years old. He's been fine. He helped us win five games in a row two years ago to end the season, everybody fucking loved him. Awesome. As a fan, that was great. As a fantasy football player, I don't think he's that incredible, to be honest. I digress. At the 12th round, if you wait that long, the upside of Shanahan's quarterback in this offense with all these new weapons, if everyone stays healthy, Jimmy Garoppolo could be a top 10 Quarterback, for sure. I just am not going to bank on that. There's other options of quarterback I'd rather have. The running back position is one of the most confusing and tough to decipher right now for San Francisco. The running backs are, in no particular order, Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, Matt Burita, Raheem Mostert, and Jeff Wilson. They have five guys, not to mention Yuschek, um, who is not mentioned in fantasy circles because he's technically a fullback, but he's a great pass catcher. He's basically a tight end in the backfield um so he will he will definitely remain on the team i think jeff wilson and mozart get cut they brought in tevin coleman from atlanta shanahan's old buddy mckinnon is still on the team unfortunately but he's fucking glass and then matt Breida, who's my favorite running back on the roster is going in the 13th round right now um i think matt Breida is again he's the best running back just straight up running back on the roster in my opinion Jarek mckinnon probably will get hurt not to hex my own team tevin coleman we haven't really seen him as a number one and when we have he's been all right but not incredible and then raheem Mostert um broke his arm literally in half on national television last year but he was awesome while he was in there and then jeff wilson uh came in and did pretty well as well so a lot of this is just the product of the shanahan offense and you know the the 49ers were actually the fourth best backfield um Last year in efficiency and yardage, believe it or not, the team was shitty because everybody got hurt and nobody really stood out. But Matt Breida was literally the fastest running back uh, in the league last year. He was hurt um, pretty much every single week, starting in week five. But in the first four weeks of the season, Matt Breida led the NFL in rushing yards. I like that a lot. Um, I like Matt Breida in the 13th round. Tevin Coleman in the sixth round, I will not be drafting him no matter what, guaranteed. Jarek mckinnon in the 10th if it's the 10th like maybe just because it's that late but probably not because i'm worried about Jared mckinnon so i'd rather go matt breeda in the 13th round i think that's an absolute steal he could be the starter by the second half of the season and if he is and he stays healthy he could be a league winner at the 13th um, round draft pick and honestly i'm going to compare him to potentially this year's james connor and the reason i say that is before Le'Veon Bell wasn't going to play, we didn't know. This time of year last year, James Conner was the backup. Okay, Le'Veon Bell was just going to hold out a day or two or a game or whatever, and he'll come in. No big deal. Obviously, we know what happened there. But if Tevin Coleman doesn't pan out as the number one for Shanahan, which he will definitely get the number one slot. But if he doesn't pan out and McKinney gets hurt again, and then most and Wilson get cut, which I think they probably will, or at least on the practice squad, whatever, I think Breedle will get an opportunity. If he stays healthy this year, I think he's going to absolutely beast out With a healthy offense in this uh, offensive scheme, he can catch the ball. He's a great runner. Love Matt Breida. I digress on the 49er running backs. For the receivers, also pretty stoked about this. Dante Pettis going in the back of the sixth round. Here's another guy that I think is a borderline sleeper, but if you don't live on the West Coast, you may not be paying attention to Dante Pettis. Crushed up at Washington University. I watched him a lot, of course, as a uh, Duck fan down here in Eugene. Watched him a lot. Up in uh Washington w- w- uh, when he played college football, but then he get drafted to the 49ers. Loved his work last year, absolute beast. Um, very efficient, great hands, great route runner, big guy, able to catch touchdowns, able to break big plays, just has to stay healthy. Um, love Dante Pettis, and I think he could definitely have a breakout season this year in the seventh round almost. Um, I think he's an absolute steal. Marquise Goodwin uh, went pretty high last year. I picked him, I think, in like the fifth round or something ridiculous last year. Um, he's not worth that anymore. Uh, he's kind of a, a Deshaun Jackson, kind of a you know a burner guy. Um, he's unfortunately had some off the season issues uh, with his family. He missed multiple games last year because of family issues when he stepped away from the team. He also got hurt against the Vikings um, with a hamstring injury that that kind of uh, or a quad. Um, he took a helmet to the leg and it kept him out for a couple of games too. But when he's healthy, he's a nice, deep option. And then just some deeper names to consider uh, if you're not paying attention to the 49ers, which – If you're not a 49er fan, I don't know why you would be. Uh, They've been struggling the last couple of years. But Debo Samuel uh, is a rookie, and Jalen Hurd also a rookie. Um, Debo Samuel is a big uh, wide receiver. I think he's going to be a great wide receiver in the league in general. And actually, I think he uh, becomes the number two in this offense and takes over for Goodwin uh, once the season gets started in the slot. And then Jalen Hurd is kind of a dual threat uh, wide receiver, tight end running back. Jalen Hurd actually started – uh, he actually started, um, in college, uh, as, as a, uh, running back and they moved him out to receiver and he's kind of a dual threat option. And I think that Shanahan will definitely get, get the ball in his hands as much as possible. So dynasty names, rookie draft names, but nonetheless, exciting year for fan, uh, for San Francisco, if they can all stay healthy. And of course, burying the lead too much. My man, George Kittle going as the eighth pick in the third round, um, if I'm not taking Kelsey in the second round, I'm not taking him in the first. But if I take Kelsey in the back of the second round, I'm stoked. Otherwise, I'm not taking Kelsey. I'm not taking Ertz that high. So if if Kittle's there at the back of the third round or even the fourth round, which probably won't happen, that's a steal. But if I don't get one of those guys um, early, then I'm fading tight end until probably the 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th round until I get into that Henry, Howard, uh, Ingram, Cook range. But I love me some George Kittle. Definitely some regression because everybody got hurt last year, but I think he's still one of the better athletic tight ends in the NFL. Let's move on to the Arizona Cardinals. Last team for the NFC West. First up, rookie Kyler Murray. All the hype for Kyler Murray. He's going as the ninth quarterback already. Has not played in NFL down. Going as the ninth quarterback in ADP. Eighth uh, round, sixth pick. Um, I'm not saying he can't do it. I just kind of need to see it first um Kyler Murray could absolutely set the world on fire Cliff Kingsbury comes in from Texas Tech these guys know each other since high school um it's a great matchup they're going to have this you know this run and gun uh air raid offense which could be really really fun for fantasy the Cardinals probably aren't going to win a ton of games necessarily but it could be real fun for fantasy so stoked to see what happens there in Arizona I'm probably not going to draft Kyler Murray this year because he's going way too high I had a lot of hype for um uh, Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield last year as rookies, but they were going in the 12th, 15th round of, of drafts last year. So I was able to kind of scoop them, see what happens. And they were kind of, you know, late round dart throws. Kyler Murray is your starting quarterback or you're not going to get him, And I'm just not going to do that in a two quarterback league though. Shit. I'm, I might go like Andrew Luck or Mahomes, Watson Rogers in like the first, second round. If you're in a two quarterback league, that's how you got to draft them. And then in like the seventh round, I might pick up Murray. If you get one of those guys and Murray with the potential upside, holy shit, that could be nasty with his running ability. So I like Murray a lot, but I won't be drafting him where he's at right now, currently in the eighth round. David Johnson is a guy that I'm targeting in all my drafts. I would love to have David Johnson. He is one of the best dual threat running backs in the NFL. Last year, everyone thinks he busted, but that's basically because everyone was drafting him as a top three running back, and he finished number 11 or 9, depending on your uh, overall settings. But nonetheless, he was an RB1. He's a beast. In 2016, he pretty much shattered all of the running back fantasy football metrics and full PPR. Um, He outscored. In 2016, he outscored... Uh, what Saquon and CMC put up last year by 20 plus points. I mean, he was just an absolute animal with, with Arians. That could happen again if they get him involved in the past game, which I think they will. He's healthy this year. I think he's just fine. They had shitty play calling last year um, and a terrible defense and they were always behind the game script. So they just weren't able to use him properly. Even so David Johnson was a uh, running back one. So I think he's a top five running back, no question about it. And if they can get him back to his 2016 form and, and let him go and he gets back up to, you know, 12, uh, touchdowns or something, he could potentially flirt with top, top, uh, four or three. Um, Chase Edmonds would be his handcuff, which I think is a great option if you do have David Johnson, just because it's a good idea to have that high-flying offensive uh, option there at running back position. couple of receivers, not super sexy because we just don't know what Kyler Murray and this air raid is going to be. But don't forget about the legend Larry Fitzgerald in the eighth round. Um, great PPR option, of course. You know, he's lost some speed, but in the red zone, he's going to be a target. He can still take one o- uh, over – Uh, Over the middle, he catches everything. He's an absolute animal. Love him. Great humanitarian. One of the best just human beings in the NFL for the last decade. Plus, love Larry Fitzgerald. Um, Not crazy about his ADP just because, again, we don't know what this offense is going to be like. But if you're already pretty stacked and he's your third or fourth receiver option, I think there's huge upside for Larry Fitz. You can go with him. Also, Uh, Christian Kirk in the seventh round, a round higher, a little more upside. He's younger. He's faster. He's playing on the outside. I think he'll be just fine, and he is kind of going to take over for Larry Fitzgerald as Larry fades off into the sunset, into the Hall of Fame. Christian Kirk will be right on his coattails, and I think he'll be just fine growing up with uh, Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray and Christian Kirk already have some pedigree from back in college, so that is definitely a bonus for him. A couple other names in deep leagues. Dynasty leagues, rookie leagues, Andy Isabella and Hakeem Butler, both rookies. Andy Isabella was the fastest receiver at the NFL Combine. Hakeem Butler was an absolute beast um, in college. And I think both these guys are going to be a huge, huge asset to Kyler Murray again. So for fantasy football, this offense could be very, very exciting. For NFL football, eesh we'll We'll see what happens, but uh, they're gonna be a lot of fun for fantasy football. Um, Ricky Seals Jones and Charles Clay actually coming over from Baltimore uh, uh, Buffalo, excuse me, to the Cardinals, not super sexy, not super stoked on either one of those guys, but again, high flying offense. They end up catching six touchdowns by accident., uh, they could end up being you know tight end twos and and dart throws there. So that will do it for the NFC West. Before we get into the rest of the episode, let's take a quick break here. If you like what you're hearing and you want to find us outside of the podcast, please give us a like and a follow on Instagram at Facebook underscore TCK pod on Twitter at TCK underscore pod Facebook at the Candlestick kids fantasy podcast. And of course you can always drop us an email at TCKpod at gmail.com and please leave us a rate and review on the podcast. We appreciate your feedback there always. So before we get into the AFC West, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor anchor. Stay tuned. Hey TCKPotters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or phone call. And we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's Anchor.fm/slash/start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. All right, let's get into the AFC West. That's the LA Chargers, Kansas City Chiefs, Oakland Raiders, and the Denver Broncos. We'll start out west, uh, far west, far south, and we'll go with the LA Chargers. Philip Rivers, perennial, you know, late QB one high-end QB2, going as the quarterback 14 right now off of boards, and he is in the 10th round. I like that a lot if you're waiting on quarterbacks. Of course, again, he's he's got one of the most steady floors in the entire NFL. Not as much upside as, as a lot of the guys surrounding him, like maybe uh, Big Ben um, or, uh, you know, Dak Prescott or you know some of those running quarterbacks would that have that that rushing floor, but Rivers is going to get it done. He'll have a couple games where he throws for four touchdowns. He throws for two or three pretty much every week, so he'll get it done for you. I like Philip Rivers a lot. Melvin Gordon, Melvin, Melvin, Melvin. Um, it's late July. I'm not going to super sweat things like Melvin Gordon or Zeke Elliott uh, threatening holdouts, um, but. <laughs> some people didn't take Le'Veon Bell seriously last year. Most of us I don't think did, and we saw what happened. I don't think that's going to happen with Melvin Gordon. Um, I definitely don't think it's going to happen with Zeke, and we'll get to Zeke uh, when I cover the Cowboys. But Melvin Gordon's situation, I think it's just far different than Le'Veon Bell. Um, And I think he's just kind of making the play of, hey, I've been the franchise the last couple of years. Uh, you guys need to pay me. I think it will be fine. Now, there are whispers in the bushes uh, from a number of sources. I don't have them off top right now, but I've just heard through the grapevine that there is an outside chance that Melvin Gordon could get traded. Now, hear me correct. I'm not saying right now in mid-late July that Melvin Gordon is going to get traded or that I think he will get traded. So don't panic if you have him in a dynasty league or a keeper league or whatever. Just wait to see what happens. All I'm saying is keep an eye on it because – there are some teams that could use a franchise running back who's not super old, but getting older. And the Chargers have had a little bit of a history of fading running backs kind of before the end of their prime. They got rid of and Tomlinson, who everyone thought was blasphemy because he's fucking LT, but they got rid of him when he got a little bit older. They got rid of um, Ryan Matthews, uh, who Melvin Gordon actually took over for. Uh, when he was getting kind of banged up and hurt and, and and took him over. Melvin Gordon's got a little bit more injured the last couple of years. He's getting up there. So just keep an eye on it. I'm not saying Melvin Gordon's going to get traded. I'm not saying he's going to hold out, but keep an eye on this. We'll see what happens. Come mid-August, we'll have more information. I'll go from there. Love Melvin Gordon. Otherwise, though, if we knew he's going to play 16 games, he's a top five, top six running back for sure. One of the best dual third running backs in the uh, NFL. Great great red zone threat for the Chargers and Phillip Rivers loves him so nothing negative to say about Melvin Gordon but if you for some reason have have not been paying attention very much in the offseason you're kind of starting to get into fantasy podcasts. this is the first you're hearing of it make sure you uh pay attention to Melvin Gordon um and his contract status coming into 2019 if anything were to happen to him we have Justin Jackson and we have Austin Eckler right on his heels. Eckler's going in the eighth round. Justin Jackson's going you know, pretty much undrafted uh, until Melvin Gordon doesn't play. But just keep an eye on both of them. I think actually if Melvin Gordon weren't to play or he were to get injured or something or a or whatever, I think those other two guys would split uh, work. I'm not sure that one of those would be a, a bell cow. I just don't think that they're those type of running backs. However, both of those guys would be immediate pickups on waiver wires, dynasty leagues, every, every format, Austin Eckler and – Justin Jackson would definitely be a uh, immediate pickup for me if anything were to happen to Melvin Gordon. Just keep an eye there at the receiver position. Keenan Allen, uh, perennial beast, um, great, great, great floor. Uh, not as high of an upside as some guys around him, um, maybe like uh, Thielen and Diggs, uh, the Rams receivers. Um, you know, AJ Green and uh, and um, Amari Cooper. Not really the upside per se with the huge 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 games um but he has a great great floor uh good for 100 receptions almost every year uh good for a thousand yards he gets about six touchdowns every single year but if he gets those up to eight or double digits he'll be a beast so love keenan allen a lot in the back of the second round maybe third round and mike williams is my dog going in the sixth round i know he was super efficient 10 touchdowns last year on the fewest receptions ever for a uh, receiver to get 10 touchdowns I don't think his efficiency will be as high, but I think his overall usage will be higher. So I think he'll have more targets, more receptions, more yards, more than 10 touchdowns. I'm not. I'm definitely not going to call the shot on that, but could I see him getting 10 touchdowns again? Absolutely, because he's going to get more work. So if he gets 80 catches for 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns, he's going to fucking crush his ADP right now. Um, so I love Mike Williams, and I'm willing to take him as my wide receiver, too. Um, And I have a bold take, which I will continue to say because I fully believe it. Overall, at the end of the season in 2019, I think that Mike Williams outpaces Keenan Allen in fantasy points overall. Also, don't forget about Travis Benjamin. He is uh, kind of filling in for the Tyrell Williams spot, who Tyrell is now with the Raiders, who we'll get to in a second. But Travis Benjamin is the uh, deep bomb threat there on the sideline. Not going to be a huge weekly option, but best ball, Travis Benjamin is a great, great late round pick. Um, He'll catch five touchdowns and they're probably all going to be 80 yards. So in best ball options, Travis Benjamin is a great pick there. And Hunter Henry, uh, we say it every single off season. We just got to stay healthy. We were all super stoked on him last year. Coming into this year, again, the sixth round, I love him. I've mentioned it multiple times already. OJ Howard, Evan Ingram. Um, uh, he's ahead of uh, Jared Cook for me. Um, right now, he's my number six tight end only because I've got the big three and then I've got Howard and um, Ingram ahead of him just because of the injury. But if he can stay healthy, uh, healthy, uh, we've seen what Antonio Gates did forever with uh, Rivers and we saw what Hunter Henry has been able to do in his short time being healthy. So love the Chargers in general. Love Hunter Henry. Let's get on to the Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, who is a much, much happier dude. We just recently found out that Tyreek Hill is not going to get suspended by the NFL, at least for this uh, current um, child abuse accusation. So, I, I mean, he immediately slots into the number four slot uh, for me. Um, he is going behind, let's see, I have right now I have new Copkins Adams and Julio Jones, but I've got Tyreek Hill coming in right behind him, excuse me, right behind them. Those three as my number four, uh, wide receiver, um, Patrick Mahomes beast set the world on fire, 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns. I think that all comes down, but even if it comes down a little bit, uh, even, you know, 15%, I mean, he's still, probably the number one or a top three quarterback. So you can't go wrong with him. I personally am not going to pick him in the third round. I'd rather maybe wait another round or two and, and just grab one of the, uh, or, um, Rogers, uh, luck Watson group. Um, and could, just cause I'd rather have a top tier tight end there, or I'd rather have a top tier running back or receiver in the third round, but love Pat Mahomes, of course. Um, nothing negative to say about him. Damian Williams going in the second round little bit suspect on this only because we haven't seen him uh, with more than 500 yards in the season or 50 carries. He now is, you know, so far, he's the bona fide starter for Kansas City. And Andy Reid's come out to vouch for him and tell him, tell us that he is the, the number one, which is great to hear. But again, we got to see it. We got to see him stay healthy. We got to see him with the workload. But if he gets that workload, I think he could be, um, you know, Kareem Hunt. He could be Spencer Ware. He could be Jamal Charles-ish. Jamal Charles is a fantasy legend, so I'm not gonna, um, you know, compare him that way. It's just that Andy Reid, running back, and the Chiefs' running back has been very, very, very valuable in fantasy football. So I love, uh, Damian Williams there, but I'm not necessarily interested in grabbing him in the second round. So just uh, pump your brakes there a little bit. I do like um, Carlos Hyde though in the tenth round. Um, Carlos Hyde is a great one of the one of my favorite um, overall. Um, handcuffs for sure. But again, I think he can have enough standalone value in this offense. Carlos Hyde kind of got, you know, shipped away a little bit in Cleveland last year, and then he got cast away even further into Jacksonville and disappeared. But let's not forget, he was kind of thrown into a pass catching role with Shanahan and the 49ers his last year there in San Francisco, and he did well in that role. So I think if Damian Williams were to go down or he can't handle the role, I do, I do believe um, Carlos Hyde could be that guy. So keeping on Carlos Hyde um, in the 10th round, I think he's definitely worth a late round flyer and certainly a handcuff situation for Damian Williams. Now on to Tyree Kill, not much to evaluate yet, just because, I mean, he's just kind of coming back. I'm, I'm finally taking him serious at this point he's uh going in the fourth round right now but I promise you that is going to <laughs> that's gonna raise by probably two rounds he'll he'll probably be in the uh in the, in the front of the second round once it's all said and done um maybe even the back of the first round to be honest with you uh so let's just you know hold off on Tyreek Hill um, analysis until we get further knowledge but he's back as of right now and um, he should be playing a, a full season barring injury there for the chiefs. Sammy Watkins going in the sixth round, that will also probably go down now that Tyreek Hill is on. Um, I'm recording this episode uh, just a little bit after the news came out from Tyreek Hill. Um, So it's only been a couple of days, so the ADPs and things still have to kind of wash themselves out. So Tyreek Hill's ADP in the fourth round should bump up a round or two. Sammy Watkins in the sixth round will probably bump down a round or two as well. So I actually like Sammy Watkins even more now. I think he's more worth the risk in, say, maybe the seventh or eighth round if he goes that far um, because if Tyreek Hill were to get hurt or go down and Sammy Watkins becomes that guy, especially in the eighth round when you're just throwing darts anyway, that could be massive, massive um, wealth there. So keep an eye on Sammy Watkins and a couple other names just in case there's a crazy injury bug or something goes on um, with uh, the Chiefs, DeMarcus Robinson and Miko Hardman who is the rookie, um, kind of Tyreek Hill-esque as well. And then, of course, the Don, Travis Kelsey, not much to say about him. Um, early second round. Again, if I get him in the back of the second round, I'm stoked. That's probably not going to happen, so I'll probably pass on him, but I love, love, love me some Travis Kelsey. Let's get into the Raiders. Derek Carr going as a 23rd quarterback off the board in the 14th round. If you're throwing darts, sure, there's a lot of upside there with the uh, new weapons of um, – a B and Tyrell Williams. Uh, and of course, you know, Josh Jacobs now the rookie, but, uh, I'm just not crazy about, um, Derek Carr. I just think he, I know the, the potential is there, but we've been saying that for a long time, not really into it. Not really crazy about, uh, John Gruden's teams anyway, and they're the Raiders. So not crazy about Derek Carr, but again, in two QB leagues, I think you could do worse. It's your second quarterback with a lot of upside in the 14th round, Josh Jacobs rookie running back out of Alabama going in the fourth round right now. Um, I it's a little rough for me, maybe in the fourth round. However, I did like to hear recently that the team had mentioned that they think that um, Josh Jacobs is going to be more involved in the passing game than I think we originally thought, which is awesome. So uh, if we're able to see, I don't know, 40, 35, 40, um, receptions and Jalen Richard, uh, usually who led the, uh, backfield in, in receptions last year for the Raiders. If he takes a step back, then, um, Josh Jacobs gets maybe 30, 40, 50 receptions, uh, plus say 300 carries that they want to give him. I mean, holy shit. If he can hold up to it, he could really be a beast, but you know, it's well documented that he was never a workhorse in Alabama. Damian Harris, who's with uh, New England now, was the starter, quote unquote. So they kind of split, split backs there in Alabama. But we all know at Alabama, they pretty much play pro football anyway. So Josh Jacobs is going into a great option, and uh, Gruden loves to utilize his one running back scheme. Doug Martin is also still around, but I'm not really worried about Doug Martin. Um, And Josh Jacobs has a great upbringing and a good story. So I'm I'm definitely rooting for the kid, but I'm just not sure it's going to necessarily work out. So pump the brakes there in the fourth round. Next up is Antonio Brown, uh, perennial wide receiver one, of course, going into the sixth pick in the second round. I'm not as high as I have been in the last couple of years, just because I don't know the situation in Oakland yet with um, Derek Carr, but hopefully – Um, they can get him to a place where he's somewhat back to his uh, normal position. And if he can, and he he gets double-digit touchdowns, which I don't think he will, but he's able to go over 1,200 yards and and 100 receptions, he'll be a a back-end wide receiver one. But I'm a little bit concerned that that will actually happen with um, Derek Carr. Tyrell Williams, um, kind of a boomer bust guy, but he should have nice numbers as the number two in Oakland. And then um, Aitman, J.J. Nelson, and Renfro are other numbers that are, um, or other wide receivers, I should say, that are uh, also in that offense there. So not super crazy about the Raiders, um, but they do have some names there. And Darren Waller is a deep tight end name to keep an eye on. Um, He's a big body. And he's uh, super athletic, so if they're able to use him in Oakland, I think he could be kind of a deep sleeper for the tight ends. Okay, let's get into the Denver Broncos. At quarterback, Uncle Flacco, um, not drafting him, not excited about him. I think Drew Locke starts within four games. Um, In Dynasty Leagues and rookie drafts, Drew Locke I think is a a nice dart throw, um, but I'm not crazy about this Broncos offense in general. I mean, best ball. If you play like a two or three QB <laughs> team in best ball, then maybe Flacco's a good move. But not about it. Not about Joe Flacco. Um, that's enough of the Denver quarterbacks, running backs. There's a lot going on here. Philip Lindsay lit the league on fire last year as a rookie. Royce Freeman was supposed to light the league on fire as a rookie last year. Definitely got overshadowed by Philip Lindsay. Lindsay's going in the fourth round right now. Freeman's going in the eighth. I'll take Freeman in the eighth over Lindsay in the fourth all day. Now I will start this with, because some of you might be like, Oh dude, you're a duck and you're a Homer. 100% correct. But I'm also realistic and I try to not bullshit y'all. So I, I, Freeman, is just a fucking animal dude i watched every single one of his games in college when he was literally one of the best collegiate running backs of all time in eugene okay for the ducks so that's out of the way lindsey i didn't even know who he was nobody else did in the nfl so you know anybody that's like they saw that coming if they don't live in denver or watch colorado college football They didn't know who fucking Philip Lindsay was. He was undrafted. He came in the league, lit the league on fire. Good for him. I'm rooting for the kid. Super nice guy. Uh, Looks like a stud and a dude I'd love to hang out with. But he broke his wrist in the last game of the season last year, and he is still recovering from that. Now, training camp's just opened. The Broncos recently went to practice, and he is out full bore, which is great, but Royce Freeman has been in the weight room. He has been on the field. He has been in the film room all offseason, and Phillip Lindsay has not. That matters. Not you know because um, Freeman wasn't terrible last year. He just got over outshined. So if Freeman's able to get that number one running back role, which he had last year, he doesn't get injured. I think they're going to have a true committee. I really believe it's going to be kind of a thunder and lightning type thing um, that a lot of teams try to run in the NFL when they have it. Um, I could see that in, uh, in Seattle. I could definitely see that here in Denver. And I think that Lindsay obviously is a better pass catcher and a better, you know, kind of a third down roll or second long kind of a thing. So he'll he'll be on the field, of course. He might even be the starter. But uh, Royce Freeman is also a stud and able to pound, able to take the ball at the outside. He can catch the ball he'll get the goal line work. So I really think this is going to be a committee. Therefore I'll take the cheaper option in Royce Freeman, who I think is a better overall running back pound for pound um, than Phillip Lindsay actually. Uh, So I'll take Royce Freeman four rounds later in the eighth round for the receivers for the Broncos. Emmanuel Sanders scares the shit out of me. Torres Achilles coming back. He's older. He looks great in training camp right now, running straight, but they always say everybody can run straight. It's hard to run you know, dodging, making jukes, jumping up for the ball, landing funky, taking off off your off your foot at full speed. I'm worried about uh, Emmanuel Sanders. However, in a deeper league, in a full PPR league, he should be that number one coming back healthy. Flacco, I think, is terrible. But what he can do is he can throw fucking bombs, and he can throw four yard slant routes. And I think that Sanders, if healthy, can handle both of those very good. He's a really underrated receiver, just skill-wise, and I think he could be just fine. So, In the 11th round, I'm personally not going to be drafting Sanders, but if for some reason you're a Denver fan uh, and you just want a piece of this offense, I might go with Sanders because Cortland Sutton, who's the other receiver, um, big-time receiver there, is going in the ninth round. Now, I just mentioned I'd rather take the cheaper option between Freeman and Lindsey. I'd also rather take the cheaper option in, in Sanders and Sutton. Sutton's huge, and he's got a lot of upside, but I don't really like him. I just didn't like how he played last year. I didn't like the film. I liked Sanders' game a lot. If he's healthy in the 11th round, I'll take that all day. Deshaun Hamilton and Tim Patrick are also great slot receivers. I really like Dashaun Hamilton. Um, He's actually probably my favorite Denver uh, receiver, but he's down there on that depth chart. So not super crazy about any of the Broncos in general, but if I had to pick anybody on the Broncos, I'd probably go Freeman in the backfield. And um, Deshaun Hamilton way late, but more realistically, uh, I would go with a dart throw in Emmanuel Sanders. But just understand he might start slow. He might not be at game speed. He also may re-injure that Achilles. Um, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt there for the Broncos. And at tight end, Noah Fant—he's a rookie. We don't see much out of rookie tight ends in fantasy football, but uh, keep an eye there. We do know that Uncle Flacco does love the tight end. Um, he's made a lot of kind of no names or old dudes uh, relevant in fantasy football at the tight end position. So, if you're in a tight end premium league or you have a deep deep, um, deep roster or somehow play two tight ends, keep an eye on Noah Fant. Okay. So what I've done here is I've done the all AFC or the all NFC West and all AFC West teams. So let's go through the all NFC West team. And of course I'm breaking down just this division. If I took a a fantasy football draft of only this division, here's how my ideal team would shake out. I would have Pat Mahomes at quarterback, Melvin Gordon, as of now, as my running back, and Damian Williams as my RB2. I'd have Antonio Brown and Tyreek Hill as my receivers, Travis Kelsey as my tight end, and my flex would be a combination of Keenan Allen, Josh Jacobs, Mike Williams, and Phillip Lindsay. And I would go with the LA Chargers as my defense. Um, and I'm sorry, I think I misspoke. That was the AFC West, of course. Sorry about that. The AFC West. The NFC West, all NFC West team would be – uh, this one was kind of tough uh, because I think they have four great quarterbacks, but I think they're all kind of the same tier quarterback for me right now. I went with Russell Wilson, tried and true. I trust the process. He'll probably have the least amount of opportunities throwing the ball, but I think he'll be the most efficient with them. Plus, he has the upside with the running. So until we know what's up with Kyler Murray, I'm going to stay true to Russy Will. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson as my quarterback in this division, David Johnson, and a healthy Todd Gurley as my running backs. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, or excuse me, Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks as my uh, wide receivers one and two, George Kittle as my tight end, and at Flex, a combination of Cooper Cup, Chris Carson, and Dante Pettis, and I will take the Rams defense to wrap up my all-NFC West team. That'll do it for this episode. Reminder that if you're interested in being included in our TCK Pod Listener League, be sure to email us at TCKpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK Pod with the hashtag TCK That's TCK P-O-D-L-L. And you'll be entered in for a chance to gain entry into our TCK Pod Listener League. It's a 12-team full PPR league. You can also find us on Twitter at TCK underscore pod and on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. If you gained any value from this episode, please leave a rate and review on the podcast, and please give us a like and a follow on the social medias. It really does mean the world to me. And make the most of the rest of your day, and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sky Guasco, and I am out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe.